sir. What a joy to be with you today, be with you in the earlier hour. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Matt, elders, deacons, congregation, and thank you, choir, for your ministry and music this morning. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you for letting me be here and to represent Ridge Haven, your camp, conference, retreat center, located outside of Brevard, North Carolina, and also outside of Kono, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. There's two campuses, and we thank you. Why are we here? Why are we alive? Why does Christ have a family? He calls his body, his bride, of which he is the head. Why? Many of you know the answer to this. God has created a family, a people for himself, that we exist to glorify him and enjoy him forever. God has created a people. He has called and chosen and elect people unto himself to live now to glorify him and enjoy him. A friend of mine, I like the way he breaks down that word glorify. We exist to glorify God. What does that mean? He uses the words A, B, C. To glorify God means A, to have hearts that applaud God. Words applauding Jesus Christ. In our hearts, in our mouths, in our behavior, applauding God. In whatever we do, whether we eat or drink, whatever we do, we do it as applause to Christ. Secondly, B, A, applause. B, boast. To glorify God means to boast. Paul said he boasted in the cross of Jesus Christ. Paul the Apostle, the gospel, he boasted. Jesus Christ is God, man. Jesus Christ is perfect human, sinless. He never sinned. He is deity. He went to that cross to receive the wrath of God that he did not deserve. We deserve it, every one of us. Everyone who has lived other than Christ deserves God's wrath and his punishment and his judgment against sin. But we boast in Christ and the cross that he went to that cross to receive God's punishment against sin that he did not deserve. We deserve it. But by his resurrection, we boast that he who did not sin became sin on behalf of all those the Father gives to him that we become the righteousness of God. I, I want to believe that. I really want to. I struggle to believe what I preach. It's just that wonderful. 
that God the Father looks at his own and sees the righteousness of his Son. So we applaud him, we boast in him, and we celebrate. We celebrate his resurrection as our resurrection. When he died, those who are in Christ died. And we can say we have been risen with Christ. We exist to glorify God and to enjoy Him. Oh, I appreciate the ministry of First Presbyterian Dillon and other like-minded congregations. As a child learning of you, then watching you, listening to you, through wonderful, wonderful pastors like the ones you have now. But to help us understand what it means to glorify God and to enjoy Him, can we look at Psalm 96? Can we look together at 96, Psalm 96, these first verses, these first nine verses? Psalm 96, 1 through 9. We're told in Psalm 96... Psalm 96, verse 1 and following. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless His name. Tell of His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations. His marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens splendor Majesty are before him. Strength, beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering. Come into his courts. Worship the Lord. In the splendor of his holiness, tremble before him all the earth. Verse 3 is a summary of why we exist. To declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the people. Today we're told, all the nations, family, it is our privilege, it is our responsibility to make Christ known to those around us, our neighbors, our communities, and the nations. The United Nations tell us that there are 197 nations in this world. That we have 197 countries. They tell us that we have a population of over 8 billion people. Not million, but billion. And we have the privilege 
of making Christ known to over 8 billion people in 196 different, 197 different countries and nations. We're told that there are over 7,000 different languages. 7,117 nations. And thank you for your years of financial support to Glenn Grubb and his ministry. Glenn will be speaking to you. Glenn helps make Christ and the scriptures known to the nations as he works with jars as a pilot. Bible translation, 7,117 different nations. Family, we have the privilege of making Christ known to these nations, to sing to the Lord, to sing to Him. Look at these words again. To sing to Him, to make Him known among all peoples. His salvation, the salvation in Christ. You from this congregation and from others like-minded, you know that salvation is only in Jesus Christ. To be saved, to be converted, to be brought into the family. It's Christ. He is the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to God except through Him. There are not many roads to God. It's Christ alone who gives salvation. And we're to tell of Him from day to day. We're to declare His glory. What is His glory? His excellence. His holiness. His majesty. Jesus Christ, the excellent creator. The majestic. The holy. The sovereign God who must have supremacy over all things for the joy of all those the Father gives to Him. We're to declare His glory. I like the way our catechism describes who God is. We're to declare His glory. We're to say to one another and to the nations, God is a spirit. He is infinite, eternal, unchangeable and in his being he is wisdom and power and holiness and justice and goodness and truth that's who Christ is God the Father God the Son Jesus Christ and God the Holy Spirit one God one God in three persons and he is great and he is to be greatly he is to be feared among all gods. God's to be feared. We're to have a holy trembling before Him. Oh, sometimes I'm asked how someone can pray for me. And I say, I need an attitude of humility. An attitude of humility. And we'll fear our Lord. 
humility and the fear of the Lord. For the Bible says those who fear him will turn from evil and turn and hate evil. That's what the Bible says about fearing him. Those who fear him turn from evil and those who fear him will hate evil. And that's what we're to say to the nations. Come, the joy of fearing God in Christ so that you'll turn from evil being converted by him. Fear him, turn from evil, and hate sin. Hate sin. The fear of the Lord for all, verse 6. Splendor, majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols. What's an idol? An idol is anything, any one, or any experience that is more important than Jesus Christ. That's an idol. Any one anything or any experience that is more important than Jesus Christ. And I fight against my battles every day, my idols. Every day. Is this person? Is this experience? Is this anything more important than Jesus Christ. And we're to say to one another, we're to say to the nations, the joy there is in Christ. Not letting anything or anyone or any experience be more important to you than Jesus Christ. Well, how? How are we to practically live this out, declare his glory among the nations? As we see in Scripture. I believe there are at least three ways, just practical applications, that we are to make Christ's glory known to the nations. To neighbors, to these around us, and to the nations. And the first is this, what he says here. Give a scribe to the Lord. The glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Yes. God the Father has lavished his Son upon us with joy and cheerfulness. And we in return say back to Christ, we give you ourselves. We give you from the abundance that you've given to us financially. You own it. It's yours. We give back to you. One of my favorite scriptures about the grace of God in Jesus Christ is in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Not only does grace save us and convert us and bring us into the family, but Paul says, let me tell you about God's grace among those of Macedonia. They were in 
severe poverty. Paul said, let me tell you about God's grace over Macedonia. They are in a severe poverty. And they heard about the needs of others. And though in severe poverty, they heard about the needs of others. And it says they gave themselves to the Lord and then to us. In keeping with God's will, they begged us for the privilege of helping others. They're in severe poverty. They hear the needs of others. And they're begging, let us give. For they believed that there's greater joy in giving than in receiving. And so for you, experience, please, the greater joy in giving and making ministry known, the glory of God to those around you and to the nations through your ministries. Thank you for what you have done and are doing and will do. A prayer I'm constantly needing to make is, Lord, to experience your grace and beg you for the privilege of sacrificing for others. My wife and I, and at that time our first child, he turned one while we were in Korea as missionaries. And we had the privilege of going out into the rural area helping establish congregations. This was in the late 70s. We attempted to bring congregations, a church within two and a half, within two miles of every community there in the rural area. And so I and some others went out to this community. We met the leaders and they wanted us to stay for lunch. They're in that rural community in South Korea. And so we went and we sat down. It was only men. The ladies were separate. They were not allowed to eat, nor the children were allowed to eat while we ate. That's just their custom at that time. And they served us fish, the best they had. And I was thinking, those fish... That's what we use as bait back in the little PD. Remember, I grew up here in Dillon County. That was bait, but that's the best they had. And I'm assuming those fish came from that. It looked like an oversized mud hole, but it was the best they had. And they took such delight in giving us their best. And I felt guilty. The fish, the rice, the tomatoes. Seeing those children watching us eat. But they gave us their best. And they were thrilled to do it. There was a sense of excitement, of joy, of giving. And Lord, please give us that sense of there's greater joy in giving than in receiving. So here, ministries, here, make Christ known. Make his glory known.
And a second way is that through prayer. I know you know this. You're faithful in your praying. But on behalf of your ministries, thank you for praying. Because God in His sovereignty says to His people, the effectual, fervent prayers of the righteous accomplish much. I don't understand that. Why the sovereign God has chosen to accomplish much. But he does. Through the prayers of his righteous children, Christ makes us righteous. And the book of Hebrews tells us we're to pray for the suffering and the imprisoned as if we are there with them. In the book of Hebrews chapter 13, to pray for those who are being abused for their faith in Christ, who are being beaten in such cruelty and torture because of their faithfulness in Christ as if we are there with them. That's what he says. I've seen pictures of the young girl. She was in a Muslim nation. And she was among God's family. And she believed on Christ. And as a secretary, I've seen her picture. A gentleman came in and proposed marriage to her. And she politely declined. He was not a Christian. He wasn't worshiping Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And he exited. And then at a later time, he returned to where she was. And when he returned, he threw acid on her face and portions of her body. And the burns and the scars. I've seen her picture after surgeries. What man would ever want to be with her or marry her? The deformity of her face and her arms and her body because of faithfulness to Jesus Christ. Our young girls who are in a Muslim nation who are not being educated by the government, but the Christians say, we will educate you. Come, learn of Christ, learn of the Bible, learn a skill in this home, in this place for girls. And armed soldiers come at night and kidnap those girls out of that Christian home and kidnap them by weapons and take them off and sell them as wives to Muslim men. Why? Faith in Christ, faithfulness to Christ, and we're told that we're to pray and care and love for them as if we are there. How do we declare Christ's glory to the nations? Lord, here we are. Here we are. Take us. These finances, they're yours. They're not ours. 
prayers. And lastly, actually a willingness to go to those around you and to the nations where in your heart you say, here am I, send me. Here we are, send us. Who can pray that? All ages. You who are retired. Ministries locally. Ministries to the nations. Yes. Even as retirees, talk to your pastor. Pastors, talk to your leadership. Middle-aged. Young families. Students. Children for the future. Say, Lord, here we are. Send us to those around us. Send us to the nations. Use us to declare your glory, your excellence, your beauty, your majesty. Use us to declare Christ to the nations. While we were living in Korea, we went through the monsoon season. Rain, 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 rain. We recently had a well dug there on our property. The well was out there. And because of the rain, mud and filth and debris went into our well. For health reasons, the well needed cleaning. Some men came. Korean men came to clean out our well. And so a man was lifted by rope from the top and went down into the well with a bucket and he would take that mud and filth and fill it up and then these on top would pull it up, they let, it, they let him down, they let the bucket down, and he would fill it up, and then they would pull it up. And then they'd dump it out. Here it is, it's empty. Send that bucket back down, fill it up, back and forth, back and forth. I'm sure the men took turns. <laughs> it's your turn, it's your turn. Now, folks, listen. Who cleaned our well and helped us have healthy, clean, safe water. Who did it? Well, it's the man who went down there. But who cleaned it? Well, it's those men up there who did all their work after, hours after hours. Who did it? They did it together. Folks, that's what I'm asking. That's what your church is asking. That's what the scriptures. Are you holding the rope? Are you willing to go down there? Are you willing, are you willing to go to those around you? Are you willing to go to the other peoples, the other cultures, the other languages? It's a team effort. Some of you and some of the others are going down. And some of you are up here holding the rope and you're doing a good job. 
through your finances out of grace. Not, of, not out of works or legalism, but out of gratitude for the Father giving to you the most precious gift that he could give, the gift of his Son, Jesus Christ. <sighs> Calling you, electing you, choosing you into his family. Oh, thank you. And you give back of the finances. You pray. And you're willing to go. Please, First Presbyterian Dillon, and you of other congregations, Please, continue holding the rope or begin on the team of holding the rope. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for yourself, for Jesus Christ, his deity, his humanity, his life, his death, his resurrection. Oh, Father, that you sent him to save a people for yourself. Thank you for this ministry of First Presbyterian Dillon and the other congregations represented. Thank you. Now, Father, from your grace, will you keep raising up generous, cheerful, hilarious financial givers? for your ministry to the nations. Will you raise up those who will pray, as many are, and a willingness to go. Father, raise up senior adults. Raise up families. Raise up young people. Raise up children who will go to your nations, to your peoples. Father, do this. For the glory, the glory of God. And yes, the joy, the joy of nations. In the name, Father, we're asking you in the name that is above every name, Jesus Christ. Amen.